In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. Hey, what's going on? This is DBE, and I'm your host, Stevie G. This episode of Destinations Beyond Expectations takes you into the hospitality industry. So if you're curious to learn more about hotels or how they're affected by COVID, you will love this episode. Make sure to visit dbetravel.com if you haven't done so yet. There you will find the podcast library, interesting travel blogs, a link to support the show on our Patreon page, and more. My guest this week is Brandy Booth. Now, Brandy works in the hospitality industry as a room operations manager, so she knows a lot about hotels. I wanted to pick her brain about some of the things that go on behind the scenes at hotels that regular customers might not be aware of, get her thoughts on some possible new normals for hotels as we get through the current COVID pandemic, and of course, talk about the importance of travel. Here is my interview with Brandy Booth. Uh, Brandy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking some time to chat with me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So for those out there that don't know quite what you do, can can you explain uh, what you do and your job? I work in hotels. Um, I'm a rooms operation manager. So that's kind of like a front office manager. So I lead the front office team in the day-to-day operations. I also handle scheduling, uh, labor hours, you know, everything involved when it comes to management, just in the front office standpoint of a hotel. Very cool. And what part of the country are you actually, do you live? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Very cool. Now, did you always know that you wanted to work like in the hotel industry or how did that all come about? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. That's one thing I talk to my friends about a lot. When I was in high school, I knew I wanted to go to college or I guess you could say I knew I was quote unquote, supposed to go to college. Um, But in high school, I grew up in Alabama and in high school in Alabama, they only really talk about doctors, lawyers, nurses, all that stuff. So the hospitality industry was never really talked about when I was in school. Obviously, when you're a teenager, you work in restaurants and that can be considered hospitality. But no one really talks about there can be great careers in hotels. And like I said, you just don't know about that. So to answer your question, no, I never thought I would work in hotels. I kind of took a front desk agent position part-time when I was a sophomore in college. And honestly, it has just grown from there. The company that I'm with has been amazing. Um, They relocated me to Atlanta from Alabama and offered me this management position. So it's been a really fun ride so far. Very cool. And then maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe the narrative on uh, like hospitality as a career is changing a little bit. Like I know I'm based in Orlando and we have UCF, which they've just, you know, they have a really great hospitality program. So do you think that's changing a little bit? Do you think that's actually becoming more of a reality for students that it might not have been before? They might not have realized that that's a career that they can get into. You're probably right. And UCF is one of the best hospitality schools there is, especially in the Southeast. Um, I think my mindset was that way, as in hospitality isn't a very talked about career path because 
the university that I went to, actually the three universities that I considered, none of them had degrees in hospitality. It was just general business management. Now, the University of Alabama, they have a really good hospitality program. And then, of course, UCF is like the other great one in the area. I kind of wish it's conflicting because I kind of wish I would have gotten my undergrad in hospitality management, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. That way, if I ever want to transition into something completely different, I have a general business degree that'll take me kind of wherever. However, the courses, let's let's say at the University of Alabama, for example, they have some of the coolest courses you can take. Like they have a culinary class where you literally just act like you're a chef in a hotel for a semester. They have some event planning classes. So really just a well-rounded hospitality mindset or hospitality offering, I guess you could say. Whereas in my general business management degree, we didn't talk about hospitality at all. Honestly, the most we talked about it was whenever I brought up stories of my life in hospitality. That was it. <laughs> right. So obviously now hospitality, travel, and tourism has been hit so hard by COVID. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? How is the, from your point of view, what's been going on with hotels during this challenging time in the world? Yeah, so obviously COVID has hit a lot of industries really hard across the board. Um, I would say hospitality, including airlines, cruise lines, hotels, rental cars, everything has been hit. I want to say the hardest just because I was affected and I see it from the behind the scenes part. Um, but yeah, I really think hospitality may have been hit the hardest. We see what's going on. I watch the stock market, but I see what's going on with the cruise lines, how they may be up one day and then plummeted the next day just because everything is changing so rapidly and the same goes with hospitality stocks they're the same exact way for hotels um so the world of travel is just going to be drastically different obviously for working in a hotel i get my employee discount and during covid um i think towards the end of may is when i finally came out of quarantine a little bit i was still very cautious i know i'm gonna get a lot of hate for that but i still (laughs) use my employee discount to kind of go explore the places right here around me so i'm in atlanta so i went to savannah georgia for memorial day weekend um a little story there i stayed in a beautiful hotel that i never would have stayed in if it wasn't for my discount let me get that straight this hotel is so expensive but like on my discount one night is so what a regular person pays for one night in that hotel is what I paid for three nights in the hotel. So yeah, those employee discounts get you really far. And honestly, that's the most attractive thing to me about working in a hotel. But yeah, so in that hotel, we checked in on a Friday and there was one person working the front desk and all of a sudden they were sold out completely Um, because they're right there near the beach. Savannah's 20 minutes away from Tybee Island. So everyone kind of realized, oh, it's Memorial Day. Oh, I can kind of get out of the house for a minute and go do something. So that hotel, let's just make it clear, their projections for revenue and occupancy were way off. Mm. They projected maybe like 20% occupancy. And like I said, they were 100% sold out that night. They had no valet. The only parking they offer is valet. They had no valet working. They hadn't brought them back from furlough yet. They only had like three clickers to get you into the parking lot because the only lot they had was a gated valet lot. So the front drive was full of cars 24 seven. Like I said, one guy working the front desk and mind you, it was Memorial day. They had just opened their hotel up, not even a week prior and none of the AC was working. It was 75 degrees. Yeah. It was insane. They had one guy working the bar and restaurant all together. So he was making drinks, serving food, taking orders, everything. 
just him on a sold out hotel. And like I said, this is a nice hotel. So it's kind of bougie. <laughs> tons of people, tons of people in that bar and restaurant trying to order expensive drinks and food. And that one guy was doing it all. I don't know how he was doing it all. I think my boyfriend waited 45 minutes for a beer. Wow. And I, don't, I mean, bless him. I don't know if I would have waited, but everyone seemed to be in good spirits. But yeah, that just goes to show hospitality is so different now. Coming from hotels, obviously, people get a little frustrated when something goes slightly wrong because they're paying for a room that night. Um, but one thing that you've got to remember going forward when you stay in hotels is that the world is completely different as a guest and as an employee. So like I was talking about projections, the hotel may project to be 30% occupied, but all of a sudden they get so many price line and third-party bookings that they may be 55% sold out and only one front desk agent on a big hotel. It's it's not easy to make those changes with all that's going on with all the safety precautions and limits on staffing because your projections are how you staff. And if your projections are off, so is your staffing when it comes day of. So there's so much changing and everybody's going to have to adapt. Everyone's just going to have to take a deep breath and roll with the punches. Wow. Big props to that guy for doing all that stuff on his own at the, the hotel. Yeah. You stayed at. Um, and then, you know, I kind of want to ask, like, do you foresee that as, maybe a new normal or something people should expect like short staff going forward, just because these hotels are so unsure. Do you foresee that as something that's, you know, inevitably, inevitably going to happen for hotels throughout the country? Oh yeah. So I don't suspect staffing levels to get back up to what they were anytime soon at all. Um, Management is still having a hard time kind of getting everything back together because hotel ownership is not letting them because, you know, most of the hotels out there are not owned and managed by the same people. So there's still just a constant battle. You've got to remember that hotels all of a sudden back in March or whenever their area was hit lost so much revenue. I think the hotel that I'm at, our projections were down two million dollars to what they were going to be. It was drastic. So they're going to have to make any changes all year long into next year to recoup that lost money. And like I said, it's not up to hotel management per se. It's whatever the management company has to agree on with the ownership company. So there's, it's going to be a while before things get back to normal. Right. I'm glad you're bringing this up because kind of what you alluded to, you know, like the regular person staying at a hotel, these things aren't running through their mind. They're not thinking about that. Um, So when they don't, Of course, they should have expectations of what a hotel is going to be in a lot of ways. But when things go wrong, they don't think of all the things behind the scenes that are going on, like short staffing. Um, Do you think there's any other, uh, I guess, new normals that are going to come out of these COVID times at hotels? Do you think people will just generally have to be more patient? Um, What do you think? Yeah, you brought up a good point. A lot of new normals uh, and staffing, like we talked about, but staffing also carries into other areas of the hotel, except for just front desk. Mm. Obviously, front desk is my most experience. But think about housekeeping, for example, and housekeeping with coronavirus. So during the coronavirus, staffing or during the coronavirus, cleanliness is key, right? That's how hotels are going to be able to reopen and keep guests flowing and keep everyone safe, in particular staff and guests. So housekeeping carries the biggest burden when it comes to keeping staff clean and safe and guests clean and safe. Um So one thing you'll see a lot of hotels doing starting now and going forward is they're not offering stayover cleans. 
What that means is if you're at a hotel for more than one night, you are not going to get your room cleaned, most likely. You won't get your room cleaned until you check out because it's too much of a liability for a lot of hotels to enter a room that no one knows if it's infected or not. So right. it's a liability for anyone to enter that room could possibly, you know, contract COVID from that one room and then go on to other rooms. It's it's a big liability and it's all about keeping everyone safe and not just one party or the other. So when you're talking about guests accepting a new normal, that's definitely going to be a change. It was for me. Like I said, during all this, I've been using my discount a lot. I went to Savannah. I went to Chattanooga. I went to the beach in Alabama. Um, and none of at any of those hotels at none of those hotels did they ever clean our room during our stay. And they were all minimum two night stays. At first, it was kind of like, whoa, like this is what you pay for when you come to a hotel. Because even though I work in hotel, trust me, guys, I have the same mindset as you. When you pay for something, you want it and you want it nice. I get it. We all get it. But what we also have to understand is things are never going to be the same as they were pre-COVID. So that cleaning thing, it's different. Don't get me wrong. You can ask the front desk um, for more towels, for more pillows, whatever, and you can come get them from the front desk usually. But no one's going to come make your bed for you every day or take out the trash for you and replenish your little soaps and shampoos every day. Right. Now, another change that is probably on a lot of people's minds moving forward, you know, hotels are obviously they're going to want to recover. They're going to want to get some steady projections. I guess let me ask, how do you think pricing, generally speaking, will work moving forward with hotels? Are we going to find good travel deals out or good hotel deals out there when we're traveling uh, moving forward for hotels trying to get back to that max occupancy? Are they going to keep rates generally the same? What do you think? You brought up a good point when it comes to rates. Mind you, I don't have a lot of experience in the revenue management standpoint. Um, I just see from a front office, I see rates changing 24-7, right? I know we wholesale rooms that um, to third parties at certain prices and they resell them. If you book through Priceline Booking Hotwire, you should know that your room is being sold wholesale to that third party company and then they are selling it to you for a different rate. I feel like that's common knowledge nowadays. Right. Um, but when it comes to the bar rate or the regular rate, bar means best available rate at that hotel. So that's the best available rate that, that property can offer. Um, when it comes to those regular rates, a lot of brands don't really have leeway. So brands could be for Hilton, like the Curio Collection, actual flagship Hiltons, I don't know, Alofts, your Westons, stuff like that. They really can't go below a certain threshold because then that would contradict their brand offerings. For a lot of these brands, it's, you know, we offer high quality and to pay for that high quality, you have to have a certain price point. And then don't get me wrong, you also have to take into your um, competition in your area. So if the Marriott across the street is offering 250, the Hilton next to them may offer 240 or 260. They're going to stay in competition with each other because one thing hotels try not to do is they try not to price gouge each other. But at the end of the day, you do want the revenue, right? You do. Your hotel wants to win. Um, but yeah, pricing, you don't want to throw away the qualities of your brand. So you may see a a Hilton property in Atlanta, that one property may never sell anything at a regular rate below 119 per night because that's their bare minimum that they can sell you for their rooms because they know what their rooms are worth. So you would think, well, you know, it's it's COVID season, I guess you could say. Can't y'all just drop the rate and sell tons of rooms, which in a way hotels already do that because they already drop the rates and sell them to those third parties. So 
honestly, if you go to a hotel right now in a lot of areas, Atlanta, we'll say Atlanta, because in Atlanta, the hotels that do have occupancy, 90% of the occupancy is going to be third party reservations. Right. So pricing is definitely a, an interesting standpoint to have to consider right now. It's tricky because I feel like, you know, people think, oh, they automatically assume like, oh, COVID's going on. The hotels are going to want to definitely get people back. So they're going to lower their rates. But that might not be the case because they're not thinking of things like staffing or competition in the area, things like that, that affect pricing as well. So it's probably a, a complex answer in itself, um, you know, how hotels are going to move forward with their rates. Exactly. Because obviously they want the business. But just like you said, there's stuff that can't be sacrificed. There's stuff that ha you have to make sure you have staff to run the building, right? You can't schedule one front desk agent and sell out. Obviously, we're, we learned that lesson on Memorial Day weekend. When we went to Savannah. It just doesn't work out very well. So you do have to be very, very careful. If you know that you only have the staff to support selling 10 more rooms, you're going to jack up that rate all of a sudden on those last 10 rooms just to make sure the people that come in really want that room. Right. So I want to ask you a question. So you said that you've been taking advantage recently of the fact that you're in the hotel industry and using that to go to a few different places, you know, maybe regionally a little bit far, not too far, but you said Chattanooga yeah. and Savannah. Um, is that something you've recently started doing or have you been doing that since you've been in the hotel business? So I've always liked taking advantage of my employee discount because honestly, it's one of the benefits you get in the hotel world. And Everyone in the hotel world loves to travel. Let's just leave it at that. That's that's half the reason we're in the industry is half of it is we love to travel. Half of it is we love to be servants. We love to serve others. We love to make people happy and to feel welcome. So, of course, I've been using my employee discount all the time. Um, before I moved to Atlanta, I would come to Atlanta all the time. I would go to Nashville. Um, I think I went to New Orleans on my discount. Just a ton of stuff. But definitely this COVID season has made me travel more. Before I got furloughed, as a manager, you work minimum 50 hours a week. So, you know, there's really not a ton of time to go travel when you work 50 hours a week. And I've always worked in convention center hotels. So, of course, we have our slow seasons, but they're at very strange seasons. Like the hotel I'm at now, our slow season is right after Halloween. Um, but then we get a big group right there around Christmas time. So it's just kind of weird because you want to be able to go see your family for the holidays, but you can't take too many vacations. It's strange. Um, but yeah, working so much in the hospitality world, it's kind of hard to use that discount. So whenever you get the opportunity, like me right now with being furloughed because of COVID, I'm definitely going to take advantage of it while I have it. Yeah. And it sounds like hospitality is a fun industry to work in. I feel like you guys, you said you're all like-minded with your, you love to travel and you love to serve other people. So it's, I would guess, would you say it's a fun industry to work in? It is so much fun. It's very taxing mentally and physically. As a front desk agent, I would come in for an eight hour shift, but we would have, at that property, I had 757 rooms at that hotel. So that's, that's a huge hotel. And I was just a front desk agent and you would come in and you would feel bad for leaving the next shift by themselves with 300 people in the lobby trying to check in and only 12 spots the front desk only eight of them are staff because you're about to leave so i mean you just stay later but honestly hotels are a literal family because we're with each other all the time we all get frustrated we get yelled at a lot by the guests so it's fun to have such like you said such a like-minded group of people to have each other's backs 
because when one person's getting yelled at by a guest, the other person may, you know, politely step in just to make sure you're not feeling attacked. Um, when I was a front desk agent, you know, in college, we'd all go out to the bars together and have fun after our night shifts. I say night shift after our PM shift getting off at 1130, walking over to the bar next door to their rooftop and just having a good old time. So it definitely is fun. (laughs) I don't really know what other words to describe it as. There's actually a book out there called Heads and Beds. I read that my first year in college or no, I read that book my first year working in hotels as a front desk agent. I think we passed that book around to the whole front office team because we all were like, this book is so relatable. So if you ever want a firsthand account from what it's like to work in hotels, definitely read Heads and Beds. I don't know the author's name off the top of my head. I've read the book like three times. It is a very good book. He's worked in all different areas of a hotel. He can tell you just about everything that people that work in hotels go through. That's interesting. Heads and Beds. I'll have to read that. That sounds like a good read. Yeah, Um, it definitely is. So you're somebody who obviously has connections in the hotel world, so you can go, you know, get a discount and stay within your brand at hotels. Um, For somebody that doesn't have that connection, they work, you know, whatever regular job, what advice would you give to them when looking for a hotel? Like what, how do you purchase a hotel? What are some things that you look for? Things like that. You bring up a good point. Um, Before I worked in hotels, I didn't really care about the brand per se, I remember I was 18 and me and my best friend wanted to come to Atlanta. This was before I worked in hotels. Me and my best friend came, uh, me and my best friend came to Atlanta just for the heck of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we stayed at actually the Sheraton in downtown Atlanta. And this place is humongous. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. We booked off of one of those third party booking sites. We walk in, it's kind of like a convention center, I believe. And they tell us our room was in like the right wing on the eighth floor, five sets of different elevators. We were so lost. So I think my best piece of advice is do a little research on the brand you're booking at, not just the actual property, not just the physical address, but what the brand in general offers. Um, Like the Westin, they're considered the healthy brand, I believe. They're considered the healthy brand. Um, so they give you like workout bikes in your room and they give you the heavenly bed and pillows and stuff like that. So, yeah, so there's a lot of different brands out there. So just kind of know what you're signing up for. Obviously, if you book a Motel 6, you're going to be getting the bottom of the barrel and it's the efficiency type, right? Like an apartment, if you're booking the, or if you're renting the really cheap apartment, you're getting probably an efficiency apartment, the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Same goes for hotels. Some brands give you different qualities and different offerings. That's why we have tiers in hotels of each brand may fall in certain tiers yep. of how much they offer. So definitely take that into account whenever you're booking a hotel. Um, if you know you want spa service, check on that before you book. Don't be disappointed when you get there that they don't have a spa. Mm-hmm. Um, always call to confirm certain amenities because you never know when the pool is suddenly out of order because it has a leak or I mean something crazy always call that way you don't get there and get surprised by something what else one thing I think a lot of people don't know is that it's common courtesy to tip your housekeepers lately you've noticed or I've noticed lately I would say in the past year that housekeepers now in some hotels leave little envelopes maybe on the dresser or the tv stand saying a tip is greatly appreciated before that, a lot of people had no clue that it's just customary to leave a couple bucks here and there for your housekeeper. 
And I say a couple bucks loosely. If you have completely destroyed that guest room, you may want to leave a little bit extra because they have to do a lot of work. And those housekeepers don't always get a ton of time to turn rooms. Turning rooms means cleaning rooms. Mm. Um, And housekeepers work really, really hard. At some properties, one housekeeper may have 15 rooms to clean, and she has to get that done by 5 o'clock. If not, she's staying late. And at some properties, um, housekeepers get paid by credits, which means they get paid by rooms and certain room types are worth certain credit amounts. So a suite may be worth 15 credits and then a king plain guest room may be worth eight credits. You really never know. So tipping housekeeping is definitely recommended. They do a lot for you. You really have no idea. Yeah, there's certainly, and I'm sure there's other specifically also within hospitality jobs that we take take for granted you know people we don't think about when we stay at a hotel housekeepers are certainly got to be among uh, some of the top you know jobs that i think of of people that we take for granted as customers or consumers um i want to get back to what you were saying about brand because i have an opinion I, and i want to get your thoughts yes it's it's definitely great to look at I agree. Totally agree. Great to look at the brand as a whole and figure out what they are. Um, Based on some of my experience, and I won't name names, but some (laughs) brands are much more consistent than others. Um, Sometimes you can research a brand and you know, no matter if you go to a hotel in Atlanta or a hotel in Philly, they're going to be, you know, they're going to give you the same quality, same, you know, but same brand standards. Yeah, exactly. Same brand standard. But if you go to like, you know, another hotel, a different brand, they might differ from area to area or like, you know, location to location. Do you agree with that? Do you think some brands are much more like wide ranging and some are super, super consistent? Yeah. So you bring up a good point. Like if you think of the Drury hotels, they all have, I think they call it their Drury kickback and it's kind of standard across all brands in general. I know for the company I work with, um, each brand is actually audited every year, at least once a year on how on brand they are. So all the brands have a huge, when I say huge, I mean 50 page standard packets. And I say standard packet, packet of standards that they must abide by. And those audits, it's literally an auditor coming into the hotel, kind of like a mystery shopper. You never know when that audit's going to come. Everyone kind of chats in the in the market let's say in the atlanta market all the hotels kind of whisper back and forth hey i think we have an auditor they may come into you next like you don't know to be honest though so you really are supposed to always be on brand and like i said that's what the company i work for i don't know about other companies i would assume personally that it's required and expected of you to always be on brand because that's why they have brands brands are a lifestyle for each company or in each hotel Honestly, even outside of the hotel world, the brand is actually a, a culture, a lifestyle, more than just a logo, to be honest. So right. you may be right, though. Some hotels may not be as on brand as others because they may just not care. I know. Right. And, <laughs> and the company I work for, you can definitely, well, I can definitely tell the difference between a franchised property and a corporate property. Ah. That means... Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the franchise properties may not have the same level of standards for their staff. They may not have the same offerings just because they're franchised. And honestly, the franchisees don't have to offer the same benefits that the management company would typically offer if it was a corporate property. 
I know that was kind of a lot of hotel mumbo jumbo right there, but for example, the franchise may not offer the same health benefits as the rest of us that work for quote unquote corporate. And so it's kind of, I come from the corporate world where I've always worked for the actual corporation itself, not a franchise company, but it's kind of a, a joke around, Oh, it's kind of a saying around the corporate world is that, Ooh, they're going franchise. Mm. It's kind of like a bad thing in a way, but also not because in the hotel world, the rumor is if you go franchise, you'll be getting paid a lot more for your position, but you'll never change from that position. You'll be stagnant for a long time. Whereas in the corporate world, you have a lot more room for growth because you get to go across literally anywhere. You work for the corporation, not for a little franchise. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're, if you were talking to somebody who was thinking about, you know, getting into hospitality, maybe still a student or just, you know, a young adult that has their life in front of them and they're considering hospitality as an industry that they might want to work in. Um, what advice would you give them? Definitely think about a work-life balance and think about what's important to you when it comes to a job. Um, from a front office standpoint, you're going to be on your feet the entire time. You've got to paint that smile across your face. You you need to be good with people if you're going to work in the front of the house. So obviously, just like any other industry, we have a front of the house and a back of the house. Mm-hmm. Front of the house is guest facing. Back of the house is not. If you're wanting to apply for something front of the house, i.e. restaurants, valet, anything front office, housekeeping is technically considered back of the house or heart of the house. But they do see guests a lot. So I don't know. Anyway, if you're going to work in a hotel regardless, you need to have what we call the hospitality mindset. You need to be willing to, you need to want to serve others from the heart, not just because you have to. Those of us in hotels, we truly love what we do and we love making others happy. We love surprising guests with things. Like I like, if a guest tells me they've never been to Atlanta before, I might go to the gift shop and find some peaches or something about the Braves just to go stick in their room maybe before they check in or when I, they'll tell me they're going to dinner, I might do it while they're out at dinner. So it's a really fun opportunity to get to know people on a different level rather than just, hi, I'm a front desk agent. Can I see your ID and credit card? There's a lot more that goes into it. And you can really make it as fun as you want to. You can take it as far as you want to. Like I mentioned, um, I kind of started from the ground up. I started as a part-time front desk agent and I've moved into a management role. And really the sky's the limit with the company that I work for. And that's one thing that was so attractive to me about the hospitality industry was even as a young college student, there's so much room for growth and the sky's the limit. Cool. So Brandy, you actually have a podcast that you're working on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So obviously furlough has given me a lot of time just to kind of chill, hang out at home, think about what's important in life. And a little bit about me, I, my background. So I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Almost everyone in my family either has their own business or has had their own business and I've always known that that's something deep down inside of me that I just love entrepreneurship. So yeah, I started a podcast called The Business Booth because my last name is Booth, Brandy Booth. Um, so it's called The Business Booth. And on that podcast, I give advice to entrepreneurs. Um, I have entrepreneurs come on and give advice, tell their stories. So I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be really fun. Everyone has been super supportive so far and I've met a lot of great people through the podcasting community. So that's been that's been a blessing in disguise for sure. I just really want to show people out there that there's so much more to this world than being a doctor, lawyer, stuff like that. There's 
a world full of opportunities. And kind of like I was telling you, no one told me about hospitality when I was in school. It wasn't really talked about, but somehow I happened upon it. And I kind of just want to show people that there's more to this world and I can be a resource for you. I want to show you what else is out there. And where can people find your podcast? Is it on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts? Is it on Stitcher? Yeah, all of those actually. So it's pretty much anywhere you listen to anything, honestly. And then I'm also on Anchor. It's a popular podcasting platform. So anchor.fm slash the business booth podcast. Um, you can find me there. And you can also email me at the business booth podcast at gmail.com with recommendations, information, um, any of that. I'd love to talk to all of you guys. Cool. Do you have any social medias with that as well? Yeah, I was about to mention, um, I do have an Instagram, the business booth podcast, where I post uh, headshots, links, logos to all the people that I'm interviewing. I also post tips and tricks on there in the uh, small business world. And I really just like to connect with listeners there so that I can, you know, better my podcast and hear what you guys really want me to talk about. Very cool. Um, I got one more question for you, Brandy. Um, yeah, if that's okay. We you know, I refer to my listeners as students of travel. We all consider ourselves students of travel because, you know, this podcast is designed for people who really love travel and have learned a lot from it. So I, I want to ask, are you a student of travel? And can you touch on some things that you've learned, if so? Most definitely. I've always loved traveling since I was teeny tiny. Um, obviously working in hospitality has taught me a lot about the travel industry. Um, it's also taught me how to be a better guest, I would say. And when I go on cruise lines, you know, hotels, anything, it's just taught me how to be a better guest. I've also gone internationally. I went to Italy. I went study abroad to Italy, actually my senior year in college. And I will tell you traveling in Europe. I don't know if you've talked about Europe's tourism. Traveling in Europe is so different. Obviously Europe's kind of shut down right now from COVID as is most of the world. But if any of you ever get a chance to go to Europe, it is life changing. People just have a completely different pace of life. The culture is different. Like in Italy, you eat dinner, you don't start eating dinner until like eight or 9 PM. Whereas here we started like five. And in Italy, dinner is an actual social event where you sit there for two plus hours. The waiter doesn't sit there and, you know, kind of hurry you, give you the check, all that stuff. Nope. The waiter, you will call the you will call the waiter when you need them, um, and you just sit there and you have a good time. So yeah, Italy is very very different than the U.S. If anyone ever gets the opportunity to go overseas, highly recommend. I know I said last question, but I'm going to sneak one more in there. Um, <laughs> what is next on your list of places to visit? That is actually a really hard one. I was just talking to my boyfriend about where should we go next? Because we went to, like I said, we went to the beach a couple weeks ago. Before that, we went to Chattanooga. Before that was Savannah. So I feel like we've kind of tapped out all the stuff around us. I'm well, kind of let nervous. Me, sorry to interrupt. Let me. Can I actually throw a caveat on, caveat on there? Yeah. Where's the next place you're looking to travel out of the country? Out of the country. So... I was actually talking to my mom last year about going to Poland um, because I really want to learn more about the Holocaust and Auschwitz, I think is how you say it. Mm -hmm. um, I learned about that a little bit in middle school and high school, and I really want to just want to dive deeper into it. It's interesting, but it's sad. But I want to see exactly what all of those people went through, and I want to see it firsthand while I have the opportunity. So I definitely want to go to Poland. Certainly. Yeah, that's history, and that's something we can all definitely learn from. So Yeah. Absolutely. 
All right, Brandy, thank you so much for taking some time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate your time and uh, giving all of us a little insight about hotels and the current situation with COVID and what's going to happen next. So I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, definitely stay patient. That's all I can say. (laughs) Will do. Thanks, Brandy. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. How insightful was Brandy? I learned a ton about hotels during our chat. Now, don't go anywhere. The episode isn't quite done yet. We all know hospitality has been hit really, really hard by COVID. And I want to do my part by highlighting a hotel that I'm a fan of. So I hopped in my car and started driving towards Disney. The Comfort Suites Main Gate East is located right next to Disney, and it's a great option if you're going to visit the parks. My friend Mary Jane Hickman was gracious enough to give me a tour of the hotel and talk about what a stay at the Comfort Suites Main Gate East is like. Hey, Mary Jane. Good. How are you? Good. Good to see you. You as well? So, yeah, we're doing a podcast, and uh, this is our cool little field mic recorder thing. Um, You've never done a podcast? No. That's cool. I've never Thank even you. listened to one. <laughs> okay. So something that Mary Jane pointed out to me is that this property has been extremely consistent. It was built as a comfort suites and has never had a change of hands. So we're owned and operated by the same woman who built this 20 years ago. Wow. We were built as a comfort suite. There's never been a name change or a brand change. I mean, it, this is her, her baby. They've owned many hotels in the past, but they scaled down to just this one. So this is her heart and soul. Sorry, her heart, heart and soul. I've been here. Actually, today's my, my work birthday. Congrats. Nine years. Congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun. Um, we're one of the few hotels that do not charge resort fees on an individual basis or a group basis, basically. Um, we are one of the few hotels in the area that have a three diamond AAA rating. Woohoo! Wow. And they they have like a lot of criteria that they look for to get you to that. I mean, certain things like live plants in the lobbies, just different things that make you better than the average bear. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. This furniture is brand new, um, uh, maybe a year or so ago. Um, all choice standards. Um, this is actually above and beyond. Again, this is a, indicative of, of the ownership. I mean, we were only required to get 42s, but we got 44s or something like that. So we're always bigger and better than what we need to be mm. just to kind of stay ahead of the curve. So, right. Um, brand new safes put into the room, which is nice. They're just like the safes that you have in the um, cruise ships. Or you just key in your own number. You don't have to worry about keys or anything physically. Nice. Always extra blankets and pillows. Iron ironing board. Good stuff. And of course we serve a fabulous breakfast. Now I mentioned that this hotel is close to Disney. The cool thing is I could actually see Disney property from the room I was in. The hotel sits right outside of a small theme park called Old Town, which is not far from the mouse. And from this room, you can see Old Town right like across the street. Not only that, you can see Disney. Disney is the more probably the more important one. <laughs> Especially at night. The fireworks are amazing up here. Um, of course the higher you go, this is only the sixth floor, so if you go higher you'll see uh, bits and pieces. Actually I think oh that's a celebration water area. Do you know how far it is to like Disney property from 
Um, your hotel? Depending on which road you go, and if you hit any lights, it won't take you more than 15 minutes at the very most. Just within a couple miles, though. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can either take the Osceola Parkway, which will take you by the Gaylord Palms there that you see prominently, or you can take 192 all the way out. So we're actually closest now to um, Hollywood with the way that they restructured oh, the, yeah. the road system. Yeah, it used to be um, Epcot was kind of the closest, but yeah. So we are a good neighbor hotel with Walt Disney World, which is nice. What does that um, mean, a good neighbor hotel? Well, check this out. So when you turn on the TV, all it does, well, it initially starts talking about Disney, which is really cool. That's what a lot of people are coming from. Oh, yeah. So what's really, really cool about the Disney program is they want to be sure that all of our employees are familiar of what's going on in Disney, be it special events or seasonal things, whatever. So they actually provide uh, all of our um, staff members uh, Disney Pass. So it's for you and a guest, and that way they can enjoy what everybody else comes here to do and yeah. know to talk about it. Like if somebody were to ask them, what's your favorite park? They'll be able to know because they've been. So That's really cool. Like, yeah, it's really good. They, they immerse our customers into what they do, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of maybe hotels in the area that aren't doing that or have that partnership with Disney. Right. So to be a good neighbor hotel, they pick us. We don't pick them. Oh, okay. It's kind of like AAA. They'll come in and do site inspections, surprise, which is fine. We're always ready for them. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've got a great staff. Um, our director of housekeeping and director of engineering have been here since build-out. So when this was... I mean, just dirt, they were here. So 20 years ago, they've been here twice as long as I have been, which is kind of cool. They yeah. know everything about this hotel. So this is, I mean, this hotel is great for families, right? It is, yeah. Um, most definitely, especially with the sofa sleepers, um, the free breakfast. Um, we're unique, too, because we keep our pool open 24-7. Oh. As long as you're quiet by 10. You can stay up all night long. And this is really cool for people coming to visit from other countries who may need one or two days to adjust to the time. Especially if they're coming from overseas. I mean, you're kind of going into a time warp when you're coming in from England or some other place overseas where you're five, your body's five hours difference or whatever. So it's nice that they can... And you must see people from obviously all over the world. Every corner of the world. Yeah, it's really cool. And there's a lot, a lot of people aside from our groups that come year after year or every two years or every three years and they're constantly like talking to us hey can we have this room we had it last year and we try to do the best we can i mean people sometimes will say hey i'm celebrating my birthday well we'll put some balloons in the room or maybe just a happy birthday sign or something on their door so when they get up to the room it's like oh they remembered cool yeah that's kind of fun and then word on the street too is you got do you guys have mickey waffles for breakfast Yes, we do. We have little ones and we have big ones. And sometimes we do chocolate chips and sometimes we do blueberry. Always plain as well, but yes. That must be a that must be a big hit. It's huge, <laughs> especially the kids love it too because they can put whipped cream in his ears and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dress <laughs> so, him up a little bit or whatever. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, so yeah, our breakfast we changed that a little bit to accommodate the people that want to get to Disney early, especially with the new events that are going on out there, the new um, attractions. So our breakfast starts at 6.30 now. Oh, okay. And it runs till 10. 
That's pretty long. Yeah, it is. Um, but again, we can get them, <laughs> a lot of times the buses will say, well, can they come a little earlier? And if it needs to be 6.15, I just call my F&B manager and 99.9% .9 of the time she's ready anyway. Yeah. But just to give her heads up that, hey, you got 52 people coming in at 6.15, so she knows what's going on. So right. that's cool. Now, I'm a big fan of the pool area. Our hot tub's open 24-7 as well. And we do have a poolside snack bar, it's Barracuda Barts. We serve all kinds of fun stuff, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken, salad, shrimp, kind of your bar food kind of stuff. So um, you can either eat it out there, we serve it on disposable, we also serve our breakfast on disposable. So if you want to come into your room and, and eat, you can do that as well. Oh, that's nice. Exactly. All of the rooms have the activity tables, so it's not, plus the desk, so it's not like you're sitting on the bed, you know, trying to eat and stuff, so yeah. it works better. This is a, I mean, this room is huge. It is, yeah. You don't have to worry about like, you know, suitcase space and stuff taking up space around, you know, like it's, you have plenty of space to lay out your things and. Absolutely. Cool. We do have a fitness center as well. Um, it is key protected though, so you have to go to the front desk. We try not to have children in there without adults. That makes sense. What's your hours at the fitness center? 24/7. Yeah. I mean, something else that's different about us is every single floor you will find ice and mending behind the elevator. Oh, okay. So you don't have to go to the end of the hall. Exactly. Or search different floors. Yeah, we don't do that. It's on every single floor. So um, we also have a laundry facility on every floor as well. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, check it out if you want. Sure. It's really convenient, especially if for some reason you need to dry something or do your laundry, we actually supply the, um, the soap powder and stuff down at the gift shop Okay. for a small fee, but yeah. Tell me about your gift shop. Is that, what's the hours in your gift shop? What do you guys have in your gift shop? Um, let's go see. Sure. So this is the gift shop. Yeah. There's all kinds of uh, Disney stuff, lots of snacks, um, different toiletries that you may have forgotten, Tylenol, shampoo, stuff like that. And is, is this open 24 hours or is there? Um, it is not. It's open usually until 10 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock, gotcha. Yeah, but it's open first thing in the morning. Cool. All the essentials, snacks, drinks, Mickey gear. Awesome. And then that's an arcade across the way? It is, yeah. There's some cool games in there. We have an ATM as well as a business center. And again, there's no extra fees for it. I mean, other than consumption, obviously. Yeah. Cool. Air hockey, yep. that's pretty sweet. Uh, they had a run of um, these balls. In the, <laughs> they were all colorful. Kids were like playing with them in the lobby. It was kind of fun. Cool. Just give them something to do. Well, I think we're good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we. I don't know exactly when this will like air or whatever, but I'll let you know. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mary. Jane. Absolutely. Thank you. It. Well, that is about it for this week's episode. If you're visiting Disney and looking for a hotel, I would highly recommend checking out the Comfort Suites Main Gate East. From the knowledgeable staff, to the wonderful rooms, to the Mickey Mouse waffles, you will love this hotel. 
I want to give a big thank you to my main guest this week, Brandy Booth. Brandy has a podcast called The Business Booth that you should definitely go check out. She's interviewing entrepreneurs and showing you that there's a world of opportunity out there. You can find it on all the major audio streaming platforms. Thank you for listening to this episode of Destinations Beyond Expectations. If you like the show, hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. DBE is also on Facebook and Instagram if you want to give us a follow there. And I'm also on Snapchat at DBE Travel, where you can get an inside look at my travel adventures. If you're a student of travel, really value the content on this podcast, and want to give a small financial donation, you can do so by going to www.dbetravel.com, where you'll find a link to donate through Patreon. That is all I got for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you soon. Destinations Beyond Expectations is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures. If you need help planning your next student group trip, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Visit them at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 when you're ready to plan your next school trip. Again, that's www.mykatrip.com or call them at 800-774-7337.